1: i
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the DNVR Broncos podcast on this wonderful Wednesday. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my guy, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into this show, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. Over at MSU Denver Online, you can have it both ways in uncertain times. You can continue to work and get an income while also building your toolbox. Because in uncertain times, you want to make sure that you can steady the wave and you can do that by having an education. Whether you want to take one class, whether you want to earn a degree, you can do that all over at MSU Denver Online. So check out the hundreds of classes they have over at MSU Denver Online. My boy, Mace, how are you doing, my friend? I'm all right. How are you? I'm doing great. And I'm pumped for this conversation we got on deck today. Let's just jump right in because there was a very interesting And I say that in uh, a a very slighted way. A very interesting trade this week uh, that happened on Monday. Went down between the New Orleans Saints and the Philadelphia Eagles. And it's very fitting that we have Allie as our producer today because Allie's Eagles, man, did they make a fantastic trade. Essentially, what happened was the Eagles traded uh, their first round pick this year for a future first round pick next year and a future second round pick so the Saints essentially among a lot of other smaller moves the Saints traded their first round pick next year and their second round pick next year for the Eagles what 16th pick this year in the draft
0: they did I'm actually getting the, I actually have the terms in front in front of me here the big
2: terms yes. are, are really confusing right. but that's essentially what happened you can ask basically so basically, the, the so basically the it was
0: 16 19 and a 6th round pick for pick 18, pick 101, that's late round 3, a 7th round pick, and then 1st and 2nd round choices next year. So effectively what happened is the Eagles went from having picks 16 and 19 this year, they pick 18 this year, and then their other 1st round pick is going to be in 2023 so right. now they've got two, so now they've got two first round pick first round picks and then in 2024 beyond that they have two second round picks so effectively what philadelphia did is they took the delayed gratification mm-hmm.
2: and not just that i think they also took a gamble and i think it was a very smart gamble this was not a 50 50 gamble mm-hmm. they said wait 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 wait, wait. We're not trading with the Chiefs. We're not trading with the Packers. We're not trading with the Bucs. We're not trading with the Broncos, A teams that should probably have a pick in the 20s or maybe even the 30s. We're trading with a team that appears to be in a total rebuild, a total terrible situation right now, and uh, they're going to get a draft pick this year, potentially turn that into a quarterback and then there's a chance that we could have a top 10 pick next year. So essentially we're trading number 16 this year mm-hmm. for a top 10 pick next year. And, oh, by the way, a second round pick on top of that. Mace, to me, this is a steal by the Eagles.
0: Well, the thing is, what the Eagles are doing is taking advantage of the general NFL draft calculus that says future years year picks are worth less than current year picks because you know what this draft class is. You may not know what it is in 23. You may not know what it is in 24. And, of course, when, you ha- when you're operating in a win-now environment, then, of course, there's going to be more value right now. But if you value picks equally over the years, if you say, all right, a first-round pick, even if you kind of slot that in the middle of round one, is the equivalent is the equivalent of a first round pick this year and vice versa. Then the Eagles actually got a huge deal in terms of overall draft capital. And that's where I think is that's what I think is the launching point for applying this to the Broncos because they've they they have eight picks right now for this year. They don't have their first, they don't have their second round picks next year. They need to be thinking about acquiring capital for 2023. I don't think George Payton is going to want to sit there and potentially have his first pick in the 2023 draft come anywhere between pick 88 and 96. You're hoping 96. Right. So this, I think, opens the door to, I would even say, a likelihood that the Broncos use that 64 pick in the second round As a launching point to acquire 2023 capital.
2: Well, before we get to the Broncos on this, this has to mean for the Saints that they're going after a quarterback, right? Now, now they they they
0: basically they they basically punted their chances of getting a quarterback next year by doing so. Exactly. So, so that
2: means that they have to love someone in this draft because now they have two picks in order to move up. Right.
0: If if they're doing multi-year scouting, if if this is about a quarterback, what they decided is that they like quarterback, they could use those two picks to move up into the top 10, but they've decided they like QB1, QB2, or QB3 better than potentially QB3, QB4 next year, because I don't think anyone confuses the Saints with a great team, but they they believe after going 9-8 and eight last year, playing a chunk of the season with your guy Trevor, that they're going to be if not in the playoffs, then on the fringe of the discussion, which means they view that they view that pick next year as being pick 18, pick 17, pick 19, pick 20. That it, I know from our perspective it may not seem logical, but that's how they see it. So the, they look at it and say, oh, we may not be in position to get the quarterback we want next year, but maybe we've got a really good evaluation on one of the guys this year. That's what they're doing.
2: Man, I, th- I that's exactly how they're viewing it, yes. Mace. You're, you're right. But I think they're completely delusional. And look, they are going to convince themselves that last year was where they're trending. And I think they're absolutely crazy for thinking that. With Jameis Winston, they had a winning record. That's very true. They also had Sean Payton. They also had a lot of players that have had to leave their team because of what's going on with their situation. Mm-hmm. This, to me, is just so unbelievably short-sighted. When Sean Payton left... That organization should have said, let's take a year back, let's eat as much money as we can to try to get back to, to an even cap next year, and then that's when we'll get our guy in the draft, and we'll we'll tank this year, and we'll be good going forward. And they're doing the exact opposite. They're continuing to kick the can down the road now, not just financially, but also with draft capital. It just blows my mind. But Mace, this is an NFL world where most teams will never uh, mm-hmm. Never d- put put winning in the future. Most teams, just like John Elway did, it's win now. It's doing whatever you need to do to win now.
0: Philadelphia took advantage of the fact that they, after an unexpected playoff appearance last year, is a little bit of house money there. Right with that, Nick Sirianni, how howie Roseman could sit back and say, "All right, we'll make this deal. We're not out of the first round this year, but we can sit back, make this deal." And they're betting on the Saints not contending. I, I mean, I gave you the Saints' perspective on it. Let me give you the reality on it. The good news for the Saints is I'd say they're the second-best team in the NFC South. Potentially. But it, that is reflective of the fact that Atlanta and Carolina look like grease fires right now. All right. No one's going to say the Saints are better than Tampa Bay. Although, strangely enough, Saint, the Saints, even a weakened Saints team like last year, was able to deal Tampa Bay a haymaker. that's that's one of those rivalries where the record appears not to matter. So they feel like they can play on even terms with the buccaneers. But here's the rest of the Saints schedule just to you know, to tell you what kind of daunting task they face even in the NFC. First of all, they faced the entire NFC West. Tough. So they they didn't get the east. they didn't get the they didn't get the north they they got a division that maybe has, one free space on the square in Seattle, a team that they did beat last year in Seattle, although um, although that was a weakened Seahawks team. And then in the AFC, they didn't get the AFC West, but they got the AFC North. Mm. So as much as we talk about the West, the North is maybe a half step below the West. Right. If Lamar Jackson's back in Baltimore, I mean, you think Baltimore's going to win the AFC North. Yep. It's a strong division. Yep. So you're sitting there. You have two games with Tampa Bay. You have the entire AFC West. So it's Arizona, San Francisco, Los Angeles Rams. You have the entire AFC North. And those are all, all four of those games are going to be difficult games. The reality of what, and they, and they do face the Raiders on the schedule as well in the, uh, the second the second place game uh that's based on uh, where they finished in the standings the reality for the saints is that this is this they may fancy themselves as a contender but that schedule a- AFC north nfc west raiders vikings eagles two games with the bucks tells me that they're rebuilding and i think they have a little bit of a inflated sense of themselves based on uh, I think based on their history because they've they have mostly been a contender and they did have a winning season without Drew Brees but I think they're in for a rude awakening this year and I think they're going to regret this trade spot on I
2: I think you're absolutely right and when we look at what the Saints have they have picked 16 and 19 Mm -hmm. in the draft now it's not like they can jump up to number two or, or number one to get their guy. You're right. What they're doing is they're saying that we like the second and third best quarterback in this draft more than. Uh, I mean, again, in their mind, they're viewing it as the fourth quarterback in next mm-hmm. year's draft. But how they should be viewing it, if they did this correctly in my mind and tanked this year, they could be looking at you know the second, third best quarterback in next year's draft. Well,
0: think about it. Like if if the 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 model that's been cited a lot not just the, is the Rich Hill model, which is the Patriots model, which is a little bit of a different one than the old Jimmy Johnson model. So even if we go off that, they, the Patriots have 583 points of draft capital. That, with a QB premium, can allow them to get to number five. Okay. I think that's what they're looking at. I think I think if they're looking at a trade-up, they're looking at four, the Jets, and five, the Giants. Because With both of those first-round picks,
2: 16 to 19? Yes,
0: because there are mixed signals coming from out of Carolina. There was one report that said Carolina's locked in on the tackles. But at the same time, the Panthers are doing top 30 visits with all six of the quarterbacks that we talked about mm-hmm. Boy, up until the Russell Wilson trade. Yep. So if you're the Saints, what do you do? I mean, the, the Panthers are giving off signals that they are – deeply interested in this quarterback class Mm -hmm. so if the saints if the saints are locked in on one of the two quarterbacks they probably have to think pick four or pick five right in terms of where they go in the draft yep and where they trade up to and in in the value chart they should be able to pull that off even with the QB premium that we've often talked about over the years, which means they usually get hosed a little bit on the trade in terms of value yeah. if you move up for a quarterback, but that's just that's just part and part, parcel of it. So that, that's what I think they're thinking right now.
2: And Mace, this also would have affected the Broncos big time if they hadn't got Russell Wilson because now we'd be saying – Okay, and we know another uh-huh. quarterback is going to go off the board before the Broncos pick. Do the Broncos need to trade up to now four or five and not just be giving up nine, but be giving up a first round pick for next year in order to to jump there. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is by not having pick nine in next year's first round pick, that's those were the two biggest pieces in the Broncos trade for Russell Wilson. It's not crazy to say that if the Broncos wanted the second-best quarterback in a weak quarterback draft this year, they would have to give up nine and next year's mm-hmm. first-round pick in order to go get the second-best quarterback in a weak draft class. It just
0: makes this trade for Russell Wilson that much better. I mean, imagine a scenario where the Saints trade up and take Malik Willis at five, and then Carolina goes Kenny Pickett at six.
2: Oh, And the my Broncos goodness. are there at nine. Oh, my goodness. It's, we'll
0: probably be getting your guy, Sam Howell. Well, the thing is, with Sam Howell, if that's your guy, are you better? Do you just pull the trigger right then and oh, there? Yes. Or do you just try to trade down and maybe get a little bit more capital? When the quarterback's more, gone, yeah. you'd have to pull the I trigger. I think right. it's more likely that they would have been in the let's take who we can get at nine. Let's focus on BPA rather than position. And then at the end of the first round, maybe that's where you're talking about the package of second rounders. Back into round one, and talking about a Desmond Ritter, for example, there at the end of round one. I'm I agree. I think we're all thankful that you're not having this, converse- <laughs> yes. this conversation right now. But re- regardless of how lightly regarded this quarterback class is, the desperation for QBs yep. dictates. I think you. S- I think you will see four first-round quarterbacks this yes, year. Yes,
2: you absolutely will. I, uh, I'm right there with you. And
0: potentially two two in the top in the, in the top ten. Again, the, the Saint I think that the Saints did this. they had to do this with quarterback in mind. and they've do, they've made deals like this with other positions in mind. when they trade for Marcus da- to pick Marcus Davenport, they sacrificed the future one. And so this is kind of this is New Orleans's mo. But what they've done is they've tied themselves to this year for quarterback because if somehow they don't come out with the quarterback they want, the next year, you're talking about that potential target rich environment without a first round pick. Yeah, and brilliant. meanwhile, for, for Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts, the implication there is going to give Jalen one more year, yep. but if he's just okay and doesn't take that next step four that he needs to take, then they're right back in the market next year. It's actually I mean, it's, 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 br- it's brilliant, for the and they got a second round pick in 24 yep. out of it. Yep. I mean, th- this is one of the best deals the Eagles have made, yep. and Credit to them, but it take. You know what? Everyone wants kind of the thing right now. You've got to kind of work against yep. human nature to make a deal like that. George Payton, this is going to be fascinating for him because we know how much he loves the draft. But if you can take, let's say you get a team that gets a little feisty in round two and says, "We have late in round two, we have to have that guy." Can you pilfer? Their round two pick next year, which is guaranteed to be higher, for right. pick sixty four. Yeah. If that's the case, then I think you I think you pull the trigger.
2: Uh, and Mace, let's jump into mm. that. How this could affect the Broncos mm. and how the Broncos could could try to take advantage of a team. Mm-hmm. And but first, there's some some news coming out today surrounding the Broncos and surrounding opening day. Former Rocky and current Denver Bronco Russell Wilson will be throwing out the first pitch on opening day. I mean, this just makes so much sense. And it's such a cool little storyline because not only was Russ drafted by the Rockies, but the Rockies actually mean a lot to Russell Wilson. He talked about it many times, almost getting emotional uh, since he's been a Bronco where uh, he was drafted. About 10 years ago by the Rockies, the next day his father passed away, and he said the Rockies just treated him so well, welcomed him, and every time he comes to Colorado he thinks of his dad and is reminded of his dad, uh, and so it's 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 a really, really cool moment for the Rockies and for Russell Wilson, and we are going to be having an opening day party down uh, in Lodo at the Ice House. You can come by the bar, but we are going to be at Ice House for a crazy party because Opening day is you're supposed to be in Lodo. And so we wanted to make sure that we were in Lodo. So stop by the Ice House around 11 leading up till the game and then through the game. We're going to be there and it's going to be a blast of a party. Make sure to take off work and join us. We're also going to have, of course, delicious Breckenridge brews there. So make sure to stop by and join us at the Ice House this Friday.
0: And, of course, whether you're at the Ice House or the DNVR Bar or plenty of other spa spots around Denver and beyond, You're going to be able to get those delicious Breckenridge brews. Of course, Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. We've also got the Good Company Hard Seltzers here on hand at the DNVR bar. And if you want to find out where to get those, maybe you're not in Denver, you're watching and listen, or listening from somewhere else on the continent, you want to find where you can get those delicious Breckenridge brews, go to the Breck Beer Locator on their website. You're going to be able to find probably someplace near to you. We got a, a comment earlier this week from someone who is going to be vacationing down at Disney World, and we were able to find 120 plus spots <laughs> near Disney World that have Breckenridge beers either on tap or available. You're going to be able to find Breckenridge beers almost anywhere you go in the United States of America, and you can find out where to where to get those from the Breck Beer Locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website. and can get a little taste of Colorado, wherever you go in the U.S. Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of the NBR.
2: And big-time golf starting tomorrow down in Augusta, and DraftKings has you hooked up with the best offer that's out there. If you bet $5, if you're a new customer and bet $5 on the Masters, you'll win $25 in free bets for every birdie Bryson DeChambeau gets in the first round. You can't beat that. He's going to get a couple of birdies and then you'll rack up $25 on $25 on $25 in free bets that you get to start your account with. So make sure to download the DraftKings top-rated sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up in order to get this awesome offer. Again, that's just for new users betting $5. You'll win $25 in free bets for every birdie that Bryson makes in the tournament. So must be 21 or older, Colorado only New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Alright, Mace, let's talk. Uh, Sorry, you put me in the mood. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Here we go. Uh, you know,
2: You gotta have a, a li- calm voice, Mace. You do. You have to be soothing. Yes.
0: DeChambeau looking over his putt for birdie. And that's his 18th birdie mate today. He's got a break to the left. Anyway. Did he sink it, Mace? I gotta know. I'll do the I'll do the the Vern Lundquist way. Maybe, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: love it. And man, if that's that was... really
0: old school, because that's the, that's his call of a Jack Nicklaus uh, birdie uh, back in nineteen eighty-six. You guys know, should be
2: on the call. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be four hundred and fifty dollars in free bets. Hey, over a there we go. Sportsbook if he gets all eighteen. Uh, I love that. And something else I love is thinking about how George Payton can uh can really take advantage of some desperate (laughs) gms out there because mace you you posed it right before we hit the break and you said uh, if there's a team that next year or that this year Mm -hmm. gets really desperate and they see someone that they love at pick 64 and they want to trade you could you get a second round pick out of them next year and like you said you know that it would be a better pick than this year because pick 64 is the last pick in this draft absolutely or in, in the second there, round. there's
0: a history of this and uh, even taking uh, even getting a first round pick the following year for a second round pick uh this year i mean the broncos were actually on the wrong end of that back in 2009 the uh Ugh. the infamous Ugh. infamous uh deal uh, that got the broncos uh alfonzo smith uh back in the 09 draft They made the trade with the Seahawks, gave up a first-round pick in the 2010 NFL draft, and it was thought, okay, no problem. We've got extra picks coming because of the Jay Cutler trade. Uh, We can go ahead and do that. Here's the problem. You know who Seattle took with that pick?
2: Oh, man, it was someone really good. Was it uh, Cam Chancellor? Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas, yep. Brutal. Oh,
0: and, and there was another trade made like that that year. Carolina did the same kind of trade. Carolina picked Everett Brown. The 49ers a year later with that pick took Mike Iupati, mm-hmm. who ended up mm-hmm. becoming a pro bowler, and I believe he made all pro once as an interior offensive lineman. So you've always got teams that say, okay, we've got to have this guy. And again, this is why in draft value calculus, future picks are regarded as having a lesser value than current ones, But this is a a market inefficiency that I think if George Payton is patient, he can use to his advantage. Because one thing in the Broncos' favor, they have a lineup that they can go out there with if they had to play a game on Sunday. We're not sitting there saying, oh, gosh, who's the right tackle? Oh, gosh, who's who's playing off-ball linebacker? You've actually got – you've actually got – a starting eleven on each side, plus key specialists, plus nickel back, third receiver, tight end slash fullback, blocking tight end, etc. You've got a lineup that you can work with here. You don't have any position where you say, "Oh, we gotta have that right now." So this is, I think George Payton can use that to his advantage. That's how That's how Philadelphia was able to get a nice advantage in terms of point value on the trading. Just to kind of, uh, to to look to go back to the uh, to the Rich Hill chart on a uh, on point value. The Broncos are at pick sixty four, right? That's eighty yep. points. Yep. Okay. A mid a mid second round pick between pick forty eight and forty nine, that would be one hundred nineteen point five points. And I think, and and like you said, any second rounder next year is guaranteed to be better then pick 64. This but, is something you do.
2: And on top of that, next year's picks traditionally by NFL teams are viewed as less valuable, so then George Payton can make the case, look, we'll give you 80 points for 119 because those 119 are actually closer uh-huh. to 80, so let's make that deal. And on top of that, Mace, you talk about how general managers and NFL teams are, are all about the now mm. and wanting that satisfaction now and wanting to get that pick in the building now and have that fun now instead of waiting 12 more, 12 more months to get that. George Payton's first and second round pick this year is Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good satisfaction that he gets right now. So having to wait, in fact, he's gonna have to wait even less than if it, if he was bringing rookies in because Russell Wilson's gonna hit the ground running. So that's just another reason, and that's more of the the psychological mm-hmm. reason that he can make this trade happen. But for me. I'm okay if the Broncos aren't picking until the third round because they trade number 64 mm-hmm. for a second-round pick next year. In fact, I think that would be brilliant. In fact, what what if you get a team uh, who, who Carolina, they're all about right now. Matt Rule, he is fighting for his job, and he knows it. What if Carolina is sitting there and they love someone at 64 and they say, we'll give you a second round pick next year. Then Holy cow. You just went from number 64 this year to a potential top five, top 10 pick in the second round of next year. And then remember, cause you don't have a second round pick next year. You don't have a first round pick next year. So you make that deal. You are helping yourself so much. And then if you want, Package those two third-round picks or a third-round pick and a fourth-round pick that you have to move up early in the third round this year, and you can do that because next year you already helped yourself so much.
0: Right, and the other thing I think Peyton would would try to get in, again, because of how this year's picks are valued higher than next year's picks, he, he likes to build up draft capital on the back end. He wants to get 10 picks. So let's, Carolina makes that deal, and then and then you tell them, uh, hey, you know if you you wouldn't mind there throwing in a uh, throwing in pick 149 in the 5th round?
2: Right. Right. That's so something then he, George then he would says. Love.
0: Okay, we picked up a pick for next year and we kept the same overall number of picks. <laughs> right, and I, right. yes, we know what pick value is, but George Payton does place a premium on volume of picks. He right. is he is the he subscribes to the more arrows theory. Yep. The more arrows that you have, the better your chances of hitting a bullseye at some point. Yep. That's what that's why in addition to trades like this, I think we'll see some trades down potentially. I think mm-hmm. I think it, you have a, a third round pick, for example, say uh pick 75, would it surprise me at all if he turned that into a later third round pick? plus a day two pick or two? No, I don't think it would. Not at all.
2: Right. Yeah, I I completely agree. Now, there's a flip side to this, Mace, and Mm -hmm. I'm not about it. And I'm curious what you would think. Let's say that there is a player there, pick 24, that the Broncos really, really like they would probably have to mortgage their entire draft class this year to move up Mm -hmm. from 64 in order to get to 24 to get that guy. We know George Payton's not going to do that. He's not going to do a Mm. Ricky Williams trade where he just gives an entire draft class away. That's the last Mm. thing he would do. He doesn't have a first-round pick next year to trade away. He doesn't have a second-round pick next year to trade away. What would you think about trading a 2024 first-round pick. So this is more so being on the side of the Saints in this trade, trading a 2024 first-round pick in order to get in the first round this year for a player that they really like. Hate it. Me too. Absolutely (laughs) hate it.
0: And I hate it because of the calculus of the cap in 2024, what it's going to look like Hmm. when Russell Wilson's number goes perhaps into the $50 million-a-year range in terms of average annual value on his contract, you are going to reach a point contractually with him and with some others where to have a functioning roster, you're going to need as m- all the draft capital that you can score. Hmm. And trading your single best asset draft-wise over the next three drafts I think that would be incredibly short-sighted. I mean, you know, okay, we're excited about players this year in the draft. You know, there are going to be players next year we talk about. Are there are going to be players the year after that we we talk about, right? I mean, I don't think we're talking in terms of where the Broncos where the Broncos are, and even when you get to pick twenty four, I don't think you're talking about unicorns that you got to have, right? So that's, I, I, you and I are on the same page, but man, I, if they did that, I'd be like, Oh my God, what what are they thinking? Uh, Well, let's say, let's say it would be very surprising though. If George Payton did that, Uh,
2: Yes, I agree. I agree. He's and, very disciplined. And, now, I do have a scenario to throw up really quick. If you guys are tuning in, we'd really appreciate it if you hit us with a thumbs up on YouTube. If you're tuning in on Twitter, jump over to YouTube. We've seen a lot of people tuning on Twitter recently, and we really, really appreciate it. But if you wouldn't mind hopping over to YouTube, it's a better stream. It helps us more. That's where the chat is popping. Hit us with a thumbs up, subscribe to our page, and also turn on alerts so you know anytime we're going live. We typically do this Monday through Friday, right around noon is when we go live Denver time but sometimes if there's breaking news we'll hop on so that we can uh, can get you guys the news right away and if you have alerts turned on you'll know when we're going live really appreciate everyone in the comments and in the comments let us know would you be willing to trade a 2020 your, your pick number 64 this year for next year's second round pick let us know if you do that Mace I said I had a scenario for you let's say there truly is a guy on the board at pick twenty four, pick twenty, whatever it is, that you have a top ten grade on, so more so of a unicorn, then do you make the trade if you're George Payton trading a 2024 1st round pick because he's a t- you view this guy as a top ten pick and you view that twenty twenty four pick as being pick number twenty eight, pick number thirty, pick number thirty two.
0: Still wouldn't do it. Still wouldn't do it. You gotta be dis- you gotta be disciplined again. You got you gotta trust the draft cycle, you've got to trust the draft process. There are going, unless you have that one outlier year, like 2013, that there's going to be quality in future years. And you got to trust your, your long-term planning here. That I think it's, I mean, again, but this is why, this is why picks in the current draft are valued at a greater level than ones in the future draft. Because you get that guy that oh well we didn't expect him to fall and all of a sudden your your buying your buying bone gets tickled okay we got to have got to have got to have him got to yep. have, have him right yep yep you got to itch that you got to you got to you got to turn that you got to turn that off you got you got you got to turn that signal off in your mind if if you're sitting there and you got to be disciplined and play the long game here
2: and I think George Payton is going to be disciplined. Yeah. I don't think he would do that move, and I wouldn't do that move either. Uh, and a reason is, Mace, this is like almost a perfect draft for George Payton. While I'm sure he would love to have a first and second round pick, uh, especially a higher second round pick, he got Russell Wilson as his first round pick. And then he still has a ton of picks. A lot of people, and I don't blame you, tune out on the draft on day three oh, yeah. because these are guys that you're not going to see this year. These are guys that some of them aren't even going to make the team. Some of them are just going to be special teams guys throughout their career. And let's face it; these are guys that did not star in college. You weren't watching them on Saturdays, and they weren't making big plays. They weren't in the big bowl games either, for the most part. So you don't know who they are. But George Payton, he loves those guys. Mm-hmm. He loves day three of the draft, so he has a lot of day three picks, and he also has Russell Wilson. So I, I don't see him jumping uh, to and doing anything drastic like that. But Mace, could you see him moving down from 64 for this year's draft capital?
0: Yeah. Certainly.
2: And what what type of trade are we talking about then? Because the Broncos already have two third round picks.
0: All right, let's just take a look. Let's pick sixty four, right? Let's uh, go by the uh, the Rich Hill chart. That's eighty points. And uh, let's say um, uh, you you mentioned uh, you mentioned Carolina, but they're they're off the board early in the third round. So let's take a look at a team like the uh, like the Indianapolis Colts. They're sitting there, pick seventy three. Okay.
2: So nine spots down.
0: Nine nine spots down. Uh, could you do deal with them where you you, you pick up say uh, you moved you moved down nine spots. You pick up pick one fifty nine. That's in the fifth round. That's t- that's uh, that's that's ten points. And then uh, maybe can pick up a fifth rounder next year, perhaps like or even a fourth rounder next year. So basically, you keep your your number your amount of draft capital this year. You pick up an extra pick for next year to kind of build that volume of picks in 2023. I could absolutely see the Broncos doing that. So
2: essentially, you trade down uh, nine spots to get a third, a fourth, and a fifth. Yeah, yeah, that is something that George fourth Bayton next year, would fifth absolutely this year. 100%. Do
0: hundred percent, and then he's like, yes, because right now, I mean, what are they sitting at with five? They, they are they sitting with a with 5 picks next year I don't have it in front I don't have it in front of me I can find out really quick.
2: Yeah, it's fewer than this year, that's for sure. Well, they don't
0: have their first and they don't have their second. Yep. Uh obviously. And um, Man, it's
2: going to be weird going 2 years yeah. without a true first or second round pick.
0: And they don't have a yeah, and um so yeah, they don't have a f- first and second round picks. And uh let's see here. They uh they don't have a 6th rounder next year either because they, because of, that was part of the Trinity Benson trade, mm. they do have an extra seventh round pick as part of the Jonas Griffith trade and kind of a, a collective swap swap of picks. So basically, they are they're sitting at five picks then right now. And
2: uh, George Payton does not like that. He's the guy that it, wants double that.
0: And it does not seem, based on the free agent calculus, that there's going to be a compensatory pick haul coming in to bolster that so he's sitting there right now with five picks for next year he knows he'll have time to bolster that but i think he'd like to leave the 2022 draft at least getting that tally of picks in total for 2023 up to seven yeah yep at minimum maybe even eight but i think if he were to walk away with seven picks instead of the five he has right now in 2023 when all the trading is done here at this year's draft. I think he'll regard that as successful as well beyond the players that he brought in.
2: I completely agree. And one thing I can also see him doing is taking that 64, moving back into the middle of the third or mm-hmm. even the end of the third, and then getting a third-round pick for next year as well. Then mm-hmm. he'd have the capital next year to move back up into the second if he wanted, and then he has third, three third-round picks. One thing we know, Mace, is George Payton is going to be shaking and bacon. He's going to be moving around in this draft. And if you want to be bacon. Check out our friends over at Lightshade Dispensary where they've got Ripple, which is a fast-acting dissolvable, clinically proven to hit two times faster than the leading gummi, and it starts absorbing within 10 minutes so you can depend on a consistent experience every single time. And if you want 25% off, use the code DNVR whether you're online or in one of their 10 Denver metro area stores to get 25% off all non-sale items every time you go. Use that code DNVR in person or in store. And whether you're a casual consumer or a connoisseur of cannabis, they've got it all. From top shelf, flour, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and cannabis concentrates, they have it all. And use that code DNVR over at our friends at Lightshade Dispensary. Do you
0: remember the third round last year, Zach?
2: Um, for the Broncos? Yes. Yes.
0: Okay. So, effectively, they turned pick 71 the Giants picked Aaron Robinson, a cornerback out of UCF. They traded down to seven seventy-six. They also got pick one sixty-four. That was Jamar Johnson. And then the Broncos took pick seventy six, traded down with the Saints for the ninety for pick ninety eight and picks ninety eight and one oh five at the end of the third round. So effectively they turned pick seventy one into Baron Browning, Quinn Miners, and Jamar Johnson. I mean, there are, we Jamar Johnson, jury very much out on him. Certainly he's got a chance to move his way up the safety depth chart this year. But you found two guys. Quinn Miners appears to have a good hold on his starting spot. Baron team Browning loves him. Yeah, Barron Browning looked pretty good at inside linebacker last year. We'll see about this experiment, giving him some work on the edge, trying to cross-train him. I would rather he stay at one spot. But either way, you found somebody who proved that he could play at a starting level. So that's two starters, and then a fifth rounder. You're still waiting on for the 71st overall pick. I mean, that's that that's terrific value. And I think George mm-hmm. Payton may be looking for those types of deals again this year.
2: Yep, absolutely. And it's not just the second round; it's mm-hmm. those third round picks as well.
0: He could well 76 became 98 and 105. So 75, 75 could become again a couple of picks later in the third round as well. Or if he's thinking a year out, what if it becomes a third rounder this year, later in the round, and a third rounder next in a third rounder next year? So instead of trading for taking pick seventy-six and getting ninety-eight and one hundred five as he did last year, what if that trade is seventy-five moving down to say pick? 93 and a third rounder next year taking advantage of next year's picks not being valued as much as this year's picks and then all of a sudden maybe he's made a second round deal as well and and you've you built up capital yep and you're go, you're golden now you now you go from having one day two pick if you've traded and gotten a second if you've done that 64 trade that we talked about You've gone from one day two pick to three day two picks.
2: Yep. exactly. Now, you, now you've got some
0: currency here. Yep. But it takes two to tango. As it we does.
2: It, it does, and there's going to be teams that are willing yeah. to move around. And one thing that that could also happen: the Broncos could move up from 64 mm-hmm. to let's say 55 or 52 mm-hmm. if they really like someone. But if they do that, expect them to move back a couple of times in the oh, third and fourth round.
0: Because if they sacrifice draft capital in this year's class to move up from 64 he is going to spend the, b- the balance of day two into day three trying to recuperate e- at least the overall number of picks. Yep, big so time. Every every draft journalist's worst nightmare is a bunch of picks in round six and round <laughs> seven <laughs> yeah. via trade. Get ready if that happens because that's where they're going to recoup their overall number Yep, Yeah, that's what
2: we'll be looking at, and we'll be here for you. I can't wait for the draft show. We're starting to plan out, and it is going to be a blast despite the Broncos not having a pick until number 64. Mace, should we hop into the comment section and talk to the people?
0: Got any super chats today? We okay, don't let's it, go right to the chat. First one coming
2: in from Ozzy Dan and it is really cool. He says, Good day boys. My occupation is a high school teacher and last year one of my ex students was diagnosed with ALS. In Australia it's referred to as MND or motor neuron disease. And he- Excuse me. Anyway, on Thursday, the 14th of April, I'm running an event to raise funds for the in, for the uh, insidious disease. My aim is to run from midnight to midnight with the goal of completing four marathons. So, Wow.
0: <laughs> Excuse me. Four marathons solo in those 24 hours. 104.8 miles. Wow. Wow. 24 hours. He says,
2: if any of the DNVR family is interested in supporting my cause, I've included the link in this comment section. It would be amazing to have people from over the Pacific, my Bronco family, jumping on board my challenge. And then he drops the link in the comment section and says, thanks so much, boys. Have a great week. Ozzy, Dan. Ozzy, Dan, thank you so much. This is so, so cool. How do you train for something like this?
0: Uh, Probably the same way you train for the Ironman triathlon, which is something that the late Pat Bowen completed. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, you've heard the term ultra marathon. I mean, this is kind of an ultra, ultra marathon. So, you know, so 26.2 miles times four, I mean, Oh, gosh, 104 point. Think about that. Think think about going from here, basically, to uh, Pueblo. Wow. We talked about Pueblo yesterday. running Running or walking in 24 hours.
2: Wow that is that, that is, is wild. incredible man it, it, it is yeah. incredible and one, uh, something else we're gonna do so you can find this in the comment mm-hmm. section he dropped the link a couple of times and with our website when you when you put a link in uh you, you actually have to highlight over it uh, because it's not going to show up at first but the link is there and we're also going to tweet it out from dnvr broncos twitter account so yeah. if you want to find that link go to dnvr broncos on dnvr underscore broncos on twitter to find that and uh it looks like like ozzy dan you're raising a lot of money what a cool cool cause and man you gotta let us know how how it went uh on well you probably will be sleeping all of friday so let us Mm -hmm. know the following week how it went and man we're pulling for you absolutely that is that is awesome to see Howler Bro Surf says, No meaningful question here, but yesterday I noticed that canceling bar food was trending on Twitter, and this got me thinking. Not the DNVR bar, because everything there is golden, but for other bars, if you could remove anything from the menu, what would it be? He says, I'm probably missing something, but I'm thinking blue cheese. What a gross condiment. Ranch all day, baby.
0: Well, I'm one who goes with ranch on my wings, not blue cheese. I like both. Yeah. Uh, So, I, I... but I had blue cheese on a what the heck? Sorry, <laughs> my Tecmo Bowl sound effects. Um, I so I actually had blue cheese on a salad last night. So I'm not anti-blue cheese. Okay, I just prefer ranch on my wings. That's fair. By the way, I would. Re- I'm not saying I would remove this item. I would remove this name. There is no such thing as a boneless wing. It's a chicken tender or a chicken nugget. <laughs> and that just bugs Just call it that. That's Man. what it is.
2: And I mean, which which one are you? Are you a uh chicken tender guy or a wing guy it depends or I, I could say boneless wing guy had,
0: i have both but if i i don't order boneless wings thinking it replicates the wing experience it's because i want a chicken tender right then and there That's well okay
2: i would way rather have a boneless wing because it's essentially like you said it's a chicken tender that is smothered in sauce
0: it's the best of both worlds. So, well, you know, chicken tenders can be smothered in sauce, too.
2: Yeah, but typically, if you order a chicken tender, you're expecting it to not have sauce on it. Maybe well, on unless the side. you call
0: it a boneless wing. Right, exactly. But that's what... But So that's uh, why but, people say but a, boneless wings. But they say that, but they should... But, the the meat is invariably like it's usually chicken breast meat or chicken thigh meat. It's right, right, right. It's right. not like they're getting the wing meat and making it into a boneless wing. Right, right. It's a different kind of meat. That's and that's why I just I say just just call it a chicken tender in buffalo sauce.
2: Chicken tender in buff. That's fair. I totally yeah. see where you're coming. Buffalo you,
0: chicken tenders. Which one would and you the, rather
2: have? A buffalo chicken tender or a buffalo
0: wing? <sighs> dep- like it depends. T- you know what? Today, <laughs> today I would rather have a chicken tender. <laughs> Tomorrow I may rather have a wing. I don't know. I have a, there's a, a friend of a friend of mine and I, that I, and I we I've known him for 20 years and every every couple of weeks we go out for lunch or dinner just to catch up right and he and I always order wings. That's just all bone no, I, in bone Since in you yes say wings. <laughs> yes. But so when I'm hanging out with my buddy, I want I want wings right. Mm-hmm. But another situation I may want tenders. And then I'll get tenders and I won't call them boneless wings.
2: I would way rather have boneless wings or smothered chicken tenders.
0: Okay. But do you fr- do you prefer bone-in wings above all? Um
2: no. <laughs> or is I'd... it a mood thing? Uh mm-hmm. no, I'd rather have boneless. Okay. It's just easier. <laughs> more deep fried. Crunchier.
0: And also, maybe you prefer the chicken breast meat, the chicken, the chicken thigh meat. Potentially, yeah. but
2: I, I I like both of them for okay. sure. One thing that that I would cancel uh, of of bar food is chips. Come on, like, it, like potato chips. Yeah, potato. I, I I love potato chips, but at a bar, that that's just. Ah, uh, that's just kind of the weak thing. Just make French fries, you know? It, it, they're just as unhealthy, and they're way better. You actually put some work into them in the kitchen by making fries instead of just dumping some chips out. Uh, I, I am so turned off when I see that chips are a side.
0: But what if they're like what they call Irish knock shows? Okay. Where instead of using the tortilla chips, they're using... Sometimes there's, there's one place I go to that they're kind of... They're chips that are baked on site or fried on site and then they top them and they top them with the cheese and all that and and thus it's the potato instead of the tortilla and that's why it's an irish nacho that that's fine because
2: because then that's a dish that you're putting it with i'm talking about when when you when you get a hamburger and their options are a side salad or chips I'm like, come on, why why isn't it a side salad or uh, French fries? Just just give me the fries. I want the hot stuff. I can I can go buy chips and and they can be sitting in my cabinet forever, and I and I can dump them out on a plate. I can't just pull French fries out of my cabinet. I'll, I'll
0: tell you one side item because you're talking about side items. One side item I always love to see at a bar, slaw. Mm. If if you yep. get, I don't care if love it's sweet slaw bar. or vinegar like, or if it's more vinegary like the slaw on a Permane Brothers sandwich. In Pittsburgh, actually, last time I was there, I literally had the sandwich and I had a side of slaw. <laughs> I, I just like coleslaw. And if you give me the option of slaw instead of fries on the side, I will choose slaw every single time. Oh, even I though, love And coleslaw. even though it's slathered in mayonnaise or sauce or vinegar or whatever, at least on some, it's. It, I think it's part of it is, well, at least on some level, I'm getting some greens here. Right, it might be slathered right. or something, right. but I'm get, I'm getting some greens. I'm getting some roughage, right? Yeah. It's it, somehow it doesn't feel so bad. This is this is one thing that has changed about me with bar food as I've gotten older. I've replaced when possible. I've replaced fl- fries with slaw.
2: You a uh, mayonnaise base uh, type slaw guy or vinegar?
0: I like them both. Um, I had some. My mom made a mayonnaise and based sweet slaw when I was down in Florida and we were eating off of that for days mm-hmm. and she just like bought, you know, how you can buy like the container of, and I do this like up here as well. You can buy the bag of coleslaw mix right now from the grocery store. And then you just put whatever you want on it. Like yep. sometimes I do like a barbecue sauce oh. thing that I, a barbecue slaw. I love that. Ooh. But my mom did, my mom did a Southern sweet slaw. Even though she's English, she's learned all the Southern. <laughs> she's learned all, there was this, like she had this TV show that she watched when my brother was little, I think it was even before I was born, and it was hosted by this person out of this woman out of Charlotte, North Carolina, and it was all in basically all these southern recipes my mom picked up from this show, <laughs> and so she still like makes stuff that way.
2: Oh, I love it! Yeah, man, I'm dying. Coleslaw sounds
0: so good. I love I love good coleslaw. So that so I think it's funny. We've talked about canceling bar food. I don't want coleslaw to go. I'm okay with you. Plain chips have no place at a bar. Just kind of weak. Yes. How about about tortilla chips though? With salsa. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That that's fine. It's that's still I'm probably not gonna order that. You'll order nachos though. Oh yeah. I'll order nachos, onion rings. Onion rings probably
0: my go to oh man, onion rings. Man. That's Mace, we gotta stop talking about this. I'm dying right now. That's another great sub for fries. Yes. Onion. Oh. Yes. Yes. Very Done much.
2: Right. Oh man. And uh, my dad loves onion rings. Oh, I'm right there with him. Yeah. He's got a good taste. Mm-hmm. Ian B says, uh, he says, he's calling boneless wings. He's calling them wet tenders. I like that. <laughs> uh, I like Andrew that. says, what
0: the heck is coleslaw? I've
2: never had coleslaw. It's one of my favorite foods. Yeah.
0: It's cabbage. Mostly. It's delicious. Cabbage. cabbage. Yes. Yeah, I I can't. If you told me to eat cabbage plain, no but I will inhale coleslaw.
2: <laughs> yes, I totally agree. <laughs> Kenny says, I get my greens on cheeseburgers. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and, I like that. Uh, we have another. Fun... I will
0: pound the table for onion rings. Mm, me as well. Oh, that's say.
2: A... And Higher Learning says bar eggs. And so when I was looking online at kind of this canceling of bar food, that was one that was brought up a lot. And to like... be honest, Mace, I've, I've never heard of bar eggs
0: Bar eggs. I've heard of scotch eggs. De- yes, 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 yes. And
2: that was included as well. What? What is that? Why is that served at a bar?
0: Like- uh, it's uh, scotch eggs would be served like at a pub. It's basically a boiled egg wrapped in sausage, meat, and breadcrumbs, and then fried or baked. Usually oh, fried. Oh, okay. Again, like in- English food is not good for you in any way. right she- <laughs> that's uh, the scotch. So it's British food. Right, right, okay? right. Okay, British food. I'm sorry about that. Um, devil. You go down south. Some bars will have deviled eggs. Yeah, I'm gonna pass on any egg at a bar. Okay, the, not an egg thing. Um, I was at a pl- uh, when I was down in Florida, I saw, and this is like true in South Florida. A lot of places have conch fritters on the menu. What is that? Like, it's like fried bits of conch, like conch. Conch? Should I know what conch is? Conch is a it's a it's a mollusk. You ever like a? It lives in like some of those more elaborate uh, shells. Right. Okay. Yes, and they'll do deep-fried conch fritters. It's it's a delicacy like in South Florida and the Caribbean. Okay. And it's pretty common bar fa- bar fare down there is conch fritters. And usually there's like a kind of a a thousand islandy pinkish mayonnaise type of of, of dipping sauce okay. that comes with it. Although I think I've I've had once had them dipped in honey mustard most
2: th- most things yeah. kind of not not like that but a lot of things just are good depending on the sauce the sauce makes it
0: yeah that's that's fair i mean gator tail yeah another appetizer you see down south <laughs>
2: yep and that's all about the sauce as well tastes like chicken yep exactly yeah this
0: yeah <laughs> well, I, I think we're in agreement that ch- plain old chips yep cuz there's no thought to them there's yep. no panache yep exactly i think those i think those have got to go
2: and everything yeah. else you mentioned has so much thought to it Yes, exactly. So much work. Man, great question, Howler bro. sir and, and last one coming in from uh, Jamdria says, Happy beginning to the MLB season. Last season, the Blue Jays had a home run jacket that was decorated blazer signed by the whole team. Anytime a player hit a home run, they would be given the blazer to wear as they entered the dugout. In your experience in locker rooms, how do players respond to these socially meditated incentives based upon their performance? Do they actually get into them, or is it looked at as cheesy?
0: I mean if it comes from the players themselves and if it develops organically, they love it. I mean, yep. you remember the uh, turnover chain? Yes, for the for the University of Miami back in the back a few years ago. Yep. I mean, if it's something that happens kind of organically and naturally, then it's a te- it is a great bonding team building thing. Yep. So, and look, you usually see this with good teams. I mean, bad teams struggle and they don't have as much stuff like this, so I I I, th- I thought that was really, I thought that was really cool, and maybe we'll see something along those lines develop with the Broncos team having more success this year. Yeah,
2: and you you nailed it. If if it's something that is that starts within the team, then that's certainly going to be something that they rally around and love. And it doesn't just have to be at the college level, mm-hmm. as you pointed out. The Blue Jays did it mm-hmm. with their home run jacket last year, uh, and that's something that's awesome. And typically, these things don't. Get into a locker room if it's not started and and beloved by the fa- by by the team themselves. So this is something where, like you said, you can really only do this if you're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once you're good, you get that swag. Then you start thinking creatively and you have fun with it. Maybe we'll do. Maybe they'll have something with a touchdown uh, or on defense because the defense used to have that swag. Now I think that mm-hmm. swag is going to be on the offense. Maybe it's a, a little touchdown thing that they pass around.
0: Maybe something. I as long as it doesn't cause potential physical harm. Like, I think back to oh, yes. a bad Jaguars team. Jack Del Rio puts an axe and a tree stump oh my in the locker gosh. room because their slogan is, keep chopping wood. <laughs> and their punter, when on his backswing, <laughs> gashes his leg, and the poor guy's out for the season. Oh, my gosh. And that just
2: shows you why yeah. the Jacksonville Jaguars are the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes,
0: exactly. Hey, you say Jaguars.
2: Jaguars.
0: Oh, there's a little wire. There's a little wire <laughs> Yes, <in. laughs> yes, yes. I got to make sure to maintain that uh, wire. And
2: Mace, we have touchdown at the end of this show. We really appreciate everyone joining us. Again, if you're tuning in live, please hit us with a thumbs up. It really supports us, and we appreciate it. And we appreciate all of you rolling with us today. We've got a very interesting conversation about Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, and this crazy wide receiver market tomorrow. Ryan's going to be back, so tune in to us tomorrow. We'll be going live at noon. And for Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevenson. Thank you all so much for rolling with us. We will talk to you tomorrow on the Dan VR Broncos
1: podcast. I know some landmarks we used to hit We're flying cotton would stick to you.